0: we See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe,
1: where is that
0: magnifying glass?
1: How you doing today? This is Joe with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And we're here to intellectually think of arguments. And where do you stand on your worldview? We need to weigh these facts with history, archaeology, science, philosophy, and the reality that we live in and see how consistent your worldview is. Now, we've been, this is the, I believe, the fourth part, or this is another part of how the Bible got canonized. Many questions come forth to the college student that needs an answer for how did we get the authority in the Bible canonized. Now, when we talked about this last week, we not only talked about already how they got their authority as apostles, but we also talked about the list of books. When did the list of books come to play, knowing that John the Apostle, the last Apostle, died around 98 AD, so almost by the first century. But by 165, we begin to have manuscripts that we could extant manuscripts that we could actually look at and see where it lied. And we we found out that by 185, 165, we begin to have a list and we went forth from there. So today um, we want to talk about, how these scriptures weighed out historically. And last week we talked about after the resurrection, the oral verbal account went on for about 10 years. Within the next 60 years, we have the whole new Testament written out. This is the beginning of the embarrassment of riches we have. And this was quoted by Dan Wallace. Not only does the antiquities of writings begin early after the resurrection, As we will see the testimony, the witnesses, the companions we have after the last apostle who died in 98 AD verifies the authenticity of the Bible and its historical account. I want to talk about the witnesses, the line that came after the apostles uh, were martyred for Jesus Christ that we can look at. If we look at Paul, for instance, Paul and Peter were martyred at Rome, and we find out that Linus is given in history as the bishop of Rome. Now, we know eventually about 95 A.D., Clement Clement, uh, becomes the bishop of Rome. And so we have Paul, Clement of Rome, and then Justin, martyr, and then Tatian, when we look at Clement of Rome, about 95, he writes a letter to the Corinth church that Paul had written to earlier. Remember, Paul written two books to the Corinthian church. And here Clement, right in the first century or second, early second century, about 110, 100, 110, 120 A.D., he begins to write to the Corinth church it is one of the oldest surviving Christian writings we have outside of the New Testament. Now, when we look at people who quoted who Clement was, uh, we have uh, Irenaeus. And Irenaeus wrote against heresies. And he says, this man, which was Clement of Rome, he had seen the blessed apostles we have Origin and the historian and Eusebius claim that Clement of Rome is the same Clement Paul refers to in his letter to the Philippians, where it says in Philippians 4.3, I urge you also, true companions, help those women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written down in the book of life. We also have from 1st Clement 42, one. it says this, he says the apostles, so he brings out the apostles, the apostles received the Gospels. Now, when you hear the word Gospels written down in ancient writing, it's always talking about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or in between them. But it doesn't go outside what we have in the Christian Bible. So it says the apostles received the gospel for us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sent forth from God. So then Christ is from God. And the apostles are from Christ. Both therefore came of the will of God in their appointed order. Now Corinthians was written when John was the only living apostle. Now, this is the oldest document we have, right? But when we talk about uh, First Clement, he had a student or a disciple, and his name was Justin Martyr. Now, Justin Martyr lived between 100 and 165 AD before he became a martyr for Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, that's how he got the name, Justin Martyr. Now, Justin Martyr was one of the first... Christian apologist who defended the faith and a philosopher that we had. Now, and on his first apology, he defends the morality of the Christian life and provides various ethical and philosophical arguments to convince the Roman emperor Antonius to abandon the persecution of the church. Now, also, we find that Justin Martyr He wrote this in uh, um, Apology 66.3. He says, For the apostles in the Memraus, so when they talk about the Memraus, those are the four Gospels. So the apostles in the Memraus, composed by them, which are called Gospels, have thus delivered unto us what was enjoined upon them, that Jesus took bread, and we had given it, he thanksed it. He, He had given thanks And then we have an Apology 67 that Justin Martyr wrote on the day called Sunday. Remember, guys, this is around 150, 140 A.D. Last apostle died at 100 A.D. On the day called Sunday, all who lived in the cities or in the country gathered together to one place and the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as time permits. Then when the reader has ceased, the president verbally instructs and exhorts. Now we know after Justin Martyr, there was another disciple that came around around 175 AD and his name was Tatian. Now Tatian, he was a Syrian early Christian apologist. And what he wrote is a book that we talked about last week, the Diatasarim. And as it was compiled, it had all four gospels. Now, he didn't write direct quote from quote, but what he did is he took the whole of the four Gospels and tried to put them together chronologically as they would fit when you look at the four Gospels as a whole. Remember that diatessaron was not meant to be a canonical scriptures, but something that you could read and know that we had it early on as a witness account. Now, these this was one line of witness, and of course we have other lines of witnesses. We know that origin of Alexander, he's also known as uh, Adam Matthias, was an early Christian scholar, ascetic, and a theologian. He was a prolific writer who wrote roughly 2,000 treatises in theology, excluding, including textual criticism, biblical exegesis, and hermeneutics, and some of the spiritual things that we hear about. Now, he was here around 200 A.D. So here we have a line of witness from Paul and from Peter, but I do want to talk about the witness of John Apostle, because this is huge when we talk about John Apostle being the last apostle. Now, from John the Apostle, we have Polycarp. He was a student, a disciple, Many had talked about how Polycarp heard from the apostles. Now, Polycarp had these companions or contemporary people who were Ignatius, Papius, and then from there, we had another line of students, was Irenaeus. And guys, what makes sense about this is that very early on, when we begin to see much writings being performed on Papyrus, that the people around, the cities around, everyone around, and even in the churches and even those who came against them, because there were many that came against them very early on in the history of Christianity, many heretics, many people who professed a different Christian faith, they came at them, but they could hear about all these writings going on and how they defended the Christian faith. So when we talk about uh, the witness of John, apostle. We know by the second and third century, we had many bishops, elders, apologists within Christendom. Let's talk about the apostle John, who was a first hand witness of Jesus and the risen Lord. The Apostle John, who was Bishop of Smyrna in 90 AD, we know John had a student, a disciple, named Polycarp around, around 110 AD. Eventually, Polycarp became Bishop of Smyrna. And some of his contemporaries of the first century we know were Ignatius, Papius, and another person who knew these guys was a man named Irenaeus. Now, Irenaeus became the second Bishop of Lyon, which is in France, and he lived from 130 A.D. to 202 A.D. And as we come now to the second part, I want to now look at some of the quotes and the writings these, these guys gave. I hope you stay around for the second half. This is Joe But Throughout All Ages, 1530. Apologetics, we'll be right back.
0: Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K praise
1: Throughout All Ages ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com.
0: Join Creation Fellowships and T's Apologetics Speaker Series, Thursdays at 6:30 p.m. via Zoom. First Peter verse 3 chapter 15 says: to always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship Santee's brand-name apologetic speakers will do just that, equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 630. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship Santee or email creationfellowshipsantee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise.
1: second part we're talking about how the bible got canonized and we can see that history begins very early on with the christian documents the christian faith and the witnesses accounts as we talk about this line of john and polycarp and ignatius i want to give you some of their quotes now polycarp writing we this is one of his writings he says we have him quoting from the gospel of matthew and remember Jesus spoke he quotes a lot what Jesus said in Matthew and this is one of the quotes he did he did Matthew 10:16 in all circumstances be wise as a serpent and perpetually harmless as a dove we see that he makes a quote in Matthew 10:16 and guys I'm just taking a few quotes there's many quotes, but I'm just taking a few of them right now. So he quotes Matthew 10:16 and he talks about Jesus actually saying those words that we have to be we always hear this saying, we have to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Well, Polycarp also wrote Matthew 26:14, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, Polycarp in his letters included Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, Romans, first and second Corinthians, Galatians, he actually quotes fourteen of the books of the uh, fourteen of the uh, epistles and two of the gospels. And um, if we look at his contemporary Ignatius, Ignatius tells us in Matthew twelve thirty three no one who professes faith falls into sin, nor does one who has leaned to love hate. The tree is known by their fruit. Now, we know that Jesus had said that. But this was a quote from Ignatius. Now, Ignatius, he also writes a quote from Matthew 19. If they fail to believe in Christ's blood, they too are doomed. Let him accept it who can. So let him that hears, hear and uh, we know he had co- he had quotes from two of the gospels and six of the epistles that were written down. When we talk about Irenaeus, the gospels in which Christ is enthroned are like these, but Mark. Takes his beginning from the prophetic spirit, who comes on men from on high, saying, "The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet." So he takes Mark one one and he quotes it almost by verbatim, and then he goes on to say, um, "The Isaiah the prophet showing a wing image of the gospel." Therefore, he made his messes compendious. <laughs> and summary for such is the prophetic character and what he said he made it concise compendious concise and short and that's exactly what we have when we look at the gospels mark is the shortest gospel that we have and so when we look at Irenaeus he also uh, wrote this he says if it it is not possible that the Gospels can be either more or fewer than the number they are, for since there are four zones of the world, right uh, north, north, south, east, and west, because there are four zones, uh, there are no fewer than the number they are four gospels, for since there are four zones of the world in which we live, and four principal winds against heresy, book three chapter eleven. So there he even puts it this uh, idiom together that says that just like the four winds, just like the four corners of the earth, so we have four gospels that were written. Now Irenaeus, he got 13 epistles of Paul and uh he 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 actually quoted 12 of them. So uh Paul had 13 epistles, he quoted from 12 of them. Now I want you to know there are some books that come into question. As this was the and this was uh, back in the day, a lot of people asked the questions. How about the apocryphal gospels or the Gnostic letters? How come they weren't included? Well, apocrypha is the word apocrypha means obscure or hidden. Uh, there were writings like the Gospel of Andrew, the Gospel of Barnabas, uh, the Memorals of the Apostles, the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Thomas. So what these guys did is they put some of these apostles' names on these letters. So they would even be more, uh, people would be more tuned in to want to read them because they had the apostles' names. But each and one, each and every one of these apocryphal gospels were written after the first century. So they could not be included. Remember, the last apostle died in 98 AD, and all of these are written way before that. If we look at the Gnostic letters, 59 writings all date from the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th century. They were found buried in a jar near the Egyptian town called Nag Hammam, uh, Hammam, hammamadi in 1945. Now they have a le- library for this where they have 13 leather-bound papyrus codecs, which codex just means there are books, buried in a sealed jar and found by Muhammad al-Saman. We know these cannot be considered as canon scripture because, again, they are dated 2nd, 3rd, and 4th century. Now, the same thing uh, when we think about the Jewish Apocrypha that was between 200 B.C. and 400 A.D., Of course, we have a set of 14 or 15 small books that were at one time almost accepted as part of the Jewish Bible, but did not become canonized by them, nor by the Christian faith. However, they are still religiously used and historically from the Jewish uh, works of literature, and they have their role in Judaism. And of course, we can see history in them. But I want to talk about the riches of these documents of manuscripts. When we compare Greco-Roman literature or antiquities with the writings of the historical account of the Bible, there's nothing that can be compared. It's almost silly that a person, a skeptic person, will deny all of history because they don't want to face up to the fact that the Bible is one of the greatest accounts and accurate accounts of history they'd rather just say no i don't believe any history with well, the historians of the ancient writings from the 1st century let's compare all right so some of the historians of the 1st century of antiquities we have Pliny the younger he wrote documents between 61 and 113 AD now by 850 AD that's 750 years later we found seven copies and the colleges are reading this stuff all the time. You have Tacitus writing documents between 56 and 120 AD. And by a thousand years later, we found seven copies. So think about that. He wrote it a thousand years later, we find seven copies. Suetonius, he wrote between 75 and 160 AD. And by 950 AD, 800 year span, we have eight copies. Now Homer the Ilad written documents around nine hundred b c to four hundred a d and we have over two thousand copies of those from uh, most of them found from five hundred to twelve hundred years span after he had wrote those so let 's compare that to the Christian writings. so the earliest copy manuscripts that we see is that we have the apostle John dies right at ninety a d by 125, 150 AD, we had found our first papyrus that, can, that is called P52, and that contained John 18, 31 to 33, and on the other side of it contained verses 37 to 38. I'm not going to read that for you right now. But by the second and third century, we had partial or all the verses of 43% of the New Testament. By 350 AD, we have a complete Bibles, the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, that are complete works of the Bible. And when we talk about the Latin scriptures, we have 10,000 manuscripts of these. And when we talk about other ancient languages like Coptic, Syriac, Georgian, Gothic, Arabic, Ethiopian, and Armenian, we have another 10,000 or so manuscripts. So we're talking about 20 to 25,000 manuscripts from other writings besides the, the Greek, uh, writings that we have that are from the days of the Apostle, we have 5,800 manuscripts, way superior than any others uh, when we talk about antiquities. Greek manuscripts, 5,800 manuscripts. So when we think about this uh, and we put it together, although um, when we talk about, for instance, if all the manuscripts disappeared, That through the quotations of our fathers, they say that we can have up to 95 percent, 95 percent of accuracy of the whole New Testament because of all the quotes and quotations from our fathers. They also say this, that if we were to take all the writings of the classical writers, that it would stack up. This is all the classical writings if we stacked them up, it would stack up to four feet high. But if we took all the Bible manuscripts, it would stack up to one mile high. Think about that. One mile high. Just millions and millions of sheets of paper talking about our manuscripts. And this is why it's called the embarrassment of riches. Now, Do the documents have early collaboration and attestations to the apostles and the events? It sure does. I mean, it just goes on. Our apostolic fathers, Clement, Ignatius, Polycarp, Papias, Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, Irenaeus, uh, Clement, Origen, Athanasius, and then we have Latin fathers like Tertullian, Cyprian, Ambrose, Jerome, Augustine. And the list just goes on and on and on. I think what makes our manuscripts different than many others too is we're talking about free transmission and control transmission. Control transmission means they burned everything and they just keep one copy. A free transmission means that we let all the documents stay, and we keep them all, and we'll talk more about that last week. Next week, should I say. Hey, thanks for being with us as we talk about the canonizing scriptures. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we'll see you next week.
0: That's a take, and this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with fifteen thirty Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries dot com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. dot